Yeah, you know, and I have to put myself first, myself as a woman, as a girl, as my experiences as an African, all that. I had to put all that first, too. And that's actually work because I've been taught not to do that. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. That was an excerpt from the conversation that you'll hear between Moji and me this week on the de-schooling release party (laughs) mixtape. I'm so grateful for your feedback. I'm very, very happy to hear that this de-schooling focus is really, really serving you. We're doing it all month long. We have two more MCs (laughs) to come through next week and the week after. We've got Aisha and we've got Kim. Aisha is based in Germany. Kim is based in New Jersey. So we are going to have such a good time with them. But this week we're talking emoji who has been on the podcast before. I love talking emoji. That's my Kim folk right though. And um, this week she's just bringing you some goodness. She's talking about making space for herself and what that means, not just in theory. Moji is mothering her daughter, Senna, who recently turned eight. And um, Moji also recently founded Fly Time which is a self-directed education group in Gainesville, Florida, and it is explicitly positioned as a community-focused space that embraces location-independent families and that centers social justice awareness and practices. So Moji, as I said, is a doula, and we talk about how her experiences as a doula brought her to examine the history of Black women owning their bodies. Yo, she breaks it down so good. Let's get it. How does this serve you? Why unschooling and de-schooling? Why now? There's so many reasons. Of course, it's why not. Also, it feels right. Anything else feels like I am not being my full self. Unschooling, being able to think and go through my own process. I feel like it's the basic thing of unschooling. It's something that I needed in order to even progress in life. I was really kind of stuck. And that was what opened up all kinds of possibilities and opened myself up to the world. And um, one of the things that I've noticed with unschooling, the most important thing that touched me was time. How even schooling with my daughter, how our time is so controlled by others and by work or school. So being in control of my time, being in control of who I bring into my space and time and who I spend time with and what I spend time in. They say time is money, but I really think like time is health and time is mental health. And who and how you're spending your time can really determine how you're feeling and how you are mentally and physically. So that's all part of the reasons why I'm unschooling now and self-directing. I am owning myself, owning my time, and owning my health. What does de-schooling mean to you right now? Like, what are some of the things that you're seeing, shedding, reclaiming, naming? Right now, it's I'm getting more comfortable not knowing and not controlling. <laughs> I'm also 
creating space for myself, even physically and also less physically, I guess. You know, and noticing how the space you're in can really affect your mental state. Just recognizing where you are, it's a big part of growing out of that to where you want to be or even just just to grow. You have to recognize where you are. And so this feeling was really part of the process was really just recognizing where I was and owning it in all ways, owning it as in like anywhere you are, anything that happens to you, it's something that you need to learn from. And so basically owning where you are and then creating space for yourself to grow. Can you give me any specific examples, you know, just examples in your life where you had that recognition of where you are and maybe a level of not just a recognition of where you are, but how it's different than where you want to be and, you know, how that's helpful to know that and not just frustrating? For some time, I struggled in the mornings and just mornings were hard for me. And I was, I Googled it. There is such a thing as morning depression. And knowing that and kind of being like, okay, so why do I, why is it so hard for me to keep going in the morning and just delving into that and realizing that I need to be more excited about my days. <laughs> I need to really figure out what it is that I love to do and, and not even just figure it out, but just look for it as in who you talk to what you read, what you do, you know, everything. And as you do that, things that you're excited about will come. But just knowing that this is not something that I like to feel in the morning and it's affecting me and it's affecting my family uh, and my relationship. I don't like this. This is the way that I start my days and um, delving into that. I'm not like pro diagnosing, you know, everything, but I just, it's nice to know that people actually write about Exactly. I had a period of time where, and I'll probably have it again, where I needed a morning ritual, a very specific thing to Mm -hmm. nurture myself through that space of waking up and feeling frustrated Mm -hmm. from the shit that I didn't accomplish the night before, you know, that I, all the leftovers on my to-do list and then Mm -hmm. all the current ones on today's to-do list and this feeling that I can never actually get everything done that I want to get done. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it's a very rare occurrence. It's cyclical. Yeah, because you learn to make space for yourself. Like, exactly. Look, I am. I am. I'm, it's okay. When you were saying, recognizing where you are, right? Like we, we can do that on sort of a macro level to be like, okay, at this stage in my journey, at this stage in my life, we can do that very easily. But we're talking about, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Moji, I'm talking about like right in the moment, right now at 12.07, what am I feeling? And why am I feeling this? And what can I do about this feeling? De-schooling helps you to recognize that there's a sense of power that comes with questioning. Questioning isn't something to fear, like schoolishness tells you, oh, shit, I got a question. It means I don't understand. No, it's, oh, shit, I got a question. I'm on my way to understanding. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. And as a parent, it's helped me because she's really letting her own school or following that lifestyle with her mm-hmm. helped me realize that about making space for her helped me make space for myself also mm, you know tell us about that what do you mean moji 
the more involved you are with your child, the less time you would have for yourself. Stop talking crazy. I know. That's what people <laughs> say. Like, that's how a lot of the flack I got, you know, you're suffocating or this, this and that. But really, it's learning how to define it ourselves. And it's not even about me hovering over her at all. We do spend time together, a lot of, a lot more time together, but we're independent to spend any time together. Um, (laughs) And we're learning how to actually do that. And a lot of what I hear, I heard from parents and my friends is that they don't think they can ever spend so much time with their children. Um, And that's like one of the reasons why they wouldn't on school. And to me, it's like make a resolve that, of course, I can do. Of course, I can spend time with my child without going crazy. Like, <laughs> it's my child. And you know, if I can't do it, then shit, that's a problem. Yeah, yes. that, that's a problem. And uh, you, you being able to get along with your child for long periods of time, not only a possibility, it's what it's supposed to be, you know? <laughs> yes, it's necessary to so. build, right? So like this all right. is dependent, y'all, on your your relationship goals. We talk a lot about our relationship goals with our romantic partner, but what are your relationship goals with your child? Well, let's go back to what you said, Moji. Avoidance, essentially, is not a strategy. It's not an effective strategy to be like, okay, well, right. I'll only spend three hours so that they don't get on my last nerve. Avoidance is not an effective strategy because when we avoid it's easier to resort to things like hitting or yelling or these sorts of things where it is very much the easiest tool that we access when we're avoiding something as opposed to what Moji said, which is working to resolve that. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about even homeschooling, but you're considering your self-care, first of all, congratulations, you should be considering your self-care, but you're thinking, Hell nah, when they're up for like four hours or on a Saturday, I'm frustrated by the end of the damn day. Why would I want to do it every day of the week? It's going to look different. It isn't going to look the same as you trying to fit in time with them or time for them or feeling guilty about what you're not doing or spending the whole time directing them on what they should or shouldn't be doing. Right, Moji? It's a totally different vibe. Yes, it is. And, you know, at first, if they're Coming from school, of course, their energy, your energy with them will be completely off just simply because they're so used to different days. And so are you. And so your energies are off. But mm-hmm. that balances out in time, uh, especially if you like for me, I had to let go completely and be like, just do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, in time bringing the things that bother me or that I need her to, that I want to put some boundaries on yes. and figure out how to present that to her without it being like, stop it. Cause I said, so, you yes. know, or working through that. And that's how finding language also for it, for that. And just giving myself time and her time for it. Exactly. Um, for the practice to develop. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, exactly. Yes. And that's also all part of the resolve. You have to just have decided that this is going to happen and it will. I also really appreciate that you brought up language. Moji was one of the 14 women who did the Raising Free People workshop. And we talked a lot about language and practice and allowing that to develop over time. And Moji, I remember when I um, invited you to be a part of this series you had an idea of three particular things. The three things were time, progress, and white supremacy. 
time, we've I've talked a little bit about that already, just you know, owning your time and using your time for your for your own benefit. And it seems as simple, but I'm a doula and a lot of women, especially during their times of menses, don't feel comfortable taking off of work or just taking time for themselves. They feel guilty about mm-hmm. it. And for me, it's, it's like, why, 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 why? But it's also, it's like, do you own yourself? If you can't take two days off for yourself without feeling guilty, then, you know, really think about that in terms of history of us owning ourselves and our time and our body, you know? To me, it's like, well, yo, take two days off. Don't even think about it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this is you. It's for you. Can we afford to carry that legacy on of guilt around Mm self-care? And it starts in school. It starts with school because you have to go to school at this, you know. And girls, the things that we don't know, a a lot of what we learn about our bodies Um, sex ed and everything, it's not complete, not at all complete. Girls go through, you know, how boys have erections without, without having, you know, how, you know, when they're going to involuntary erections. Girls have like feelings too that they have, but Mm. these are things that we're, we're in school. We don't talk about all that. We are, we're going through that and having to hide it or having to not understand what we're going through. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And what that causes when you don't know these things. If we knew that these things were a thing, then we could navigate our bodies and our lives and our experiences very differently. Through school, we always have to put school first. We put school first and we put work first. And then we're always putting the system or whatever first and not us. And so it's a learned behavior from Mm -hmm. school you know, to, to work and to where we are as adults, um, where now self-care is like a huge thing, which is great. (laughs) But that's one of the reasons why it's been like that, because we've been, you know, we've been putting for generations, putting others first. And that's why for me, unschooling is a generational thing. I feel like for me right now, where I am within my familial timeline and in the historical timeline, I can't be going to school. I can't be sending my child to school. I just can't. Knowing what I know about yeah. school, I just, it's just a, no, I, I just can't do it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you know, and I'll have to put myself first, myself as a woman, as a girl, as my experiences as an African, all that. I have to put all that first too. And that's actually work because I've been taught not to. Progress. Recognizing progress is. Um, one of the things that I've learned from not being in school and then applying that to birth work by not knowing your body, you don't know what's progress. Basically, you don't know what's progress. And even by extending your child to school every day, you may not be used to their definition of progress. Yes. You know, and those are things that you learn once you remove the grading system that you just hone in on yourself or your relationship then you start to be able to redefine and see progress. Absolutely. Um, when we were in the workshop, we were talking about that as um, being a better witness. You know, when, when you learn how to witness, then you realize all of the ways that school taught you that learning looks like one or two particular things. When the reality is, it's like this multi-layered mosaic of different ways that it shows up that you don't have to simulate 
And by being a witness, you get to really understand how that's happening much more clearly. Yes. Mm -hmm. All that is obviously colored by white supremacy because that's what the school system is based on. And, and the school system, not only in the U.S., and we forget that the U.S. is still a colony. So, so the, obviously the school system is very, it limits everybody that's in it. You're getting straight A's and whatever. Those are all bad signs <laughs> for me anyway. <laughs> exactly. Because that's, anyway. that's your ability to conform. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all, write yeah. it down. And I've heard so many other people come to this experience, too, for themselves, where they say, oh, shit. This whole identity, my identity as a student, that's something that I was praised for and something that I felt proud of. But it turns out that that was really just a display of my ability to conform to the game around me. Yes. And so it is subconscious and it's something that I'm noticing more and I'm being able to point out because there are things, even, I mean, I'm African, I speak Yoruba. And I'm talking to someone about Yoruba and they are questioning me <laughs> and telling me to go back, you know, like, <laughs> wait, there's this thing that we need to just pay attention to. And even if it's just to say it to yourself, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Whether parenting is your point of access to liberation work or whether self-directed education appeals to you and your children because of your ongoing personal community-based liberation work, the fact is it moves you, not just emotionally. This work actually determines the direction in which you move. Moji in the rest of the session will talk about what direction this Raising Free People work is leading her in right now. But before that, here's another mama who is led in part by her commitment to raising free people in community with other families in all of our and their identities. And part of Kelly's current direction includes co-organizing the Liberation and Education Summit here in Atlanta. Hi, my name is Kelly Limes Taylor Henderson, and I do many things, but one of the things that I do is parent children that attend Hartwood Agile Learning Center, which is a self-directed education center in Clarkston, Georgia. I'm also, at the moment, helping to organize Hartwood's first Liberation and Education Summit, which will be February the 3rd from 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. This summit is very important to me because I'm one of, I know many, many people that realize at some points that schools and schooling in general aren't neutral sites. In fact, we've come to understand that schools aren't just places where there are like identifiable instances of the oppression that is in our country, whether that looks like racism or sexism or um, ableism or transphobia, homophobia, xenophobia, whatever that looks like. We realize that schools and schooling aren't places where those things occasionally happen or even worse, frequently happen, but that schools and, and schooling as an institution is how these ideas and concepts and just the oppression in general is perpetuated through our society. One of the many ways, because the society that we live in needs oppression in order to continue in the way that it currently is and has been since its beginning. And so those of us that have come to that understanding and those of us that have decided to either limit or eliminate our children's access to schooling, I think it's great. 
if we are able to come together and not only discuss these things that we have learned over time about um, schools and schooling and how we live in families and networks and communities that practice self-directed education, but also how we can continue to thrive and how we can continue to encourage our families and our communities and our networks to learn other ways of knowing and being that are apart from and beyond the oppression that we experience in our various regions and that we know is kind of foundational to the society that we are existing in today. So I very much look forward to meeting like-minded folks across ages, across identities, however they identify themselves and what that looks like. I look forward to our meeting during our Liberation and Education Summit, which again is February 3rd, 2018, and it's hosted by Hartwood Agile Learning Center. If you want more information, check out heartwoodalc.org slash summit. And late registration closes January 25th. So I hope to meet you all soon. I will be there. So many other people that you've heard on the podcast, including Lane Santa Cruz, Scott Speed, Anthony Galloway, Julia Cordero, and more. I know I'm leaving out, folks. I'm sorry. But all us are going to be there <laughs> February 3rd. So you need for come. You need to come through. The details, as Kelly said, are at heartwoodalc.org forward slash summit. Moji and I are in similar spaces just in terms of where we are in our journey and how this liberated model, if you will, of, of living with children and owning ourselves, how pressing that is. You know, maybe 10 years from now, it won't feel like the same level of fire for us. I don't know. But right now, you know, we're consumed by it in, in a beautiful way in that it helps to determine the direction of a lot of the ways that we go. Yes. In health work, um, I've been getting down to the down and dirty and getting into farms. And I partner with uh, some friends of mine who own a farm and I've been making wellness teas. So that's been really inspiring, just, you know, exploring the different ways and the different modes of wellness. I'm just really feeling really drawn to that right now. The plans for the Wise African Women Summit get together in Benin are still going. And I was really excited by the people who responded. And this whole year has been me really honing in on what it is that I want us to come together for. What is coming together is that I would like us to, to go to Benin and to experience it as diasporans, you know, mm-hmm. and just, but also, not to go in trying to teach or change anything. You know what I'm saying? I, lo- yes. I know a lot of people from the health and work sector go there to help and to whatever. And I really want people to get, come together, not to do that, to go to simply to experience and to witness and to observe and connect whoever you connect with, you know? Like what and happens I, in unschooling. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what it sounds like you're saying. It sounds like you're doing an unschooling symposium in Benin. 
a real life. We're not talking about it, not instructing, living it. That's what it sounds yeah. like you're saying. Living it. And yeah, the last time I was in Benin, I, I, it was just a magical time. And a friend of mine is there now. She went, we met there through a mutual friend and she's been living there since two years. Mm. And as an expat from the, she's from Brooklyn, but also by way of Haiti. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Like for me, I was ready to move back, but it's really nice to have that connection there where I know people. I want to cultivate that connection between Africa and the diaspora, the connection of, of not aid or charity yes. or but authentic connections. Yeah. Another one of the things I've had in my mind of starting a self-directed center in, in Benin and I even applied for some funding for it. And it would be a library and a, and a center because my father has a book collection and he that's one of his dreams to start a library. That's one of the things I've been working through and how figuring out how that would look in Africa and specifically in Benin and how to bring people into it. Because it, it will have to be something that is inclusive of all ages. I would like it to be, obviously more of a community center that has a small space and for children, but a center that would be useful for the community yeah. and where we can learn. So how can we reach you? What's good if we want to stay in touch and be a part of what's happening with you and birth work and the teas and your de-schooling <laughs> process, what's the best way for us to do that? Get at me on Instagram. I am little by little birth and also Facebook dot com little by little birth yeah those are the two places and my website little by little birth dot com little by little everything is little by little <laughs> yes little by, <laughs> I love it little by little thank progress. you Moji progress yes if you enjoyed this conversation and would recommend this podcast please leave a review on iTunes the reviews help folks to find the podcast and to make sure that we're not drowned out in the sea of other parenting and education podcasts kicking the same shit that ain't serving all the people. All right. So leave a review, please, on iTunes. And I'm actually going to read you one. This one's short and sweet, and you can do it even shorter. There's some much more detailed reviews on here too. I'm really feeling y'all. Thank you. This one says, these podcasts have given words to my thoughts. I've been trying to figure out what I was feeling about my thought process as an adult before becoming a parent. And now that I'm a parent of two boys, I'm constantly trying to figure out how to parent without fear in a way that my family doesn't always understand. I am constantly referring others to these episodes and figuring out now what I can do to help us get to a world with more free thinkers in it. Thank you, Akila. You are so welcome. This is by Jill. Thank you so much for listening, Jill, and for leaving that wonderful comment. So y'all, please leave the reviews, just press the amount of stars that you would rate the podcast, as well as leaving some sort of comment. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Fair of the Free Child podcast. Fair of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces, breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning. 